0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 12th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. As Democrats running for president prepare to debate again, there is much to like in some of their criminal justice policy proposals. Few candidates have even zeroed in on qualified immunity, a special legal protection for cops as a key contributor to our broken criminal justice system. Cato's Clark Neely details some of the plans of the Democrats running for president.
1: Well, I think the issues that the Democratic candidates for president are willing to grapple with are primarily focused on policing, uh, racial disparities, use of force, and to some extent, accountability. Uh, Those are all very important uh, issues, but uh, I don't think they really go to the very heart of the criminal justice system's uh, pathologies. So, uh, in terms of Particular policies that
0: uh, that you are supportive of that we see in, across multiple candidates,
1: what are they? Well, several of them have flagged qualified immunity uh, as something that, that they would like to get rid of. Of course, the Cato Institute is leading uh, the campaign to eliminate qualified immunity, which is a judge-made doctrine uh, that makes it very difficult to hold police and other government officials civilly liable uh, for violating people's rights. And so it's a very positive development that uh, several different Democratic presidential candidates, including Castro and, uh, and um, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, have flagged qualified immunity as something that that, um, that they may, may well try to get rid of. So uh, Bernie Sanders has a
0: habit, and I don't know if this is uh, shared by some of his fellow candidates, but he has a habit of talking about uh, policy changes that the president doesn't actually affect that much. Um, how would uh, qualified immunity uh, i guess as a president what what can they do? To, to get rid of it, yeah,
1: I mean, it is—it's challenging. But the, the president is not without some ability to influence policy. First and foremost, uh, qualified immunity uh, is a defense that is available to federal officials who are sued for civil rights violations. The president could, at least in theory, uh, require that as a as a um, uh, term of employment that federal officials decline to assert qualified immunity as a defense in cases where they would otherwise have the ability to do so. I think that's probably fairly unrealistic, but what the most realistic thing I think the president can do uh, is to make clear that he or she plans to work with Congress to amend uh, the main federal civil rights law so-called section 1983, uh, to make clear that it does not in- include a defense of qualified immunity so that when people sue a police officer uh, at the state or local level, which is what most civil rights uh, cases involving law enforcement um, uh, involve, uh, that the uh, federal law that, that enables the, that suit to proceed uh, will not include the defense of qualified immunity as it does now
0: uh several of the candidates want to double triple quadruple the uh funding for the department of justice civil rights division how effective has that office been at enforcing constitutional rights on behalf of people who've had them violated
1: I would say DOJ's civil rights division has been a hit or miss uh, in terms of its ability to uh, positively influence misconduct uh, at the state and local level. Um, it certainly has had some successes, uh, and it's a it's a very tall order. It's a very tall order to try to fundamentally reform uh, policing practices uh, out in the. In the cities and, and other areas, so um, Trump, uh, President Trump, of course, has dialed it back significantly. And uh, in terms of uh, federal oversight over local police departments, I think it's um, that's that's been to the detriment uh, of, of civil rights enforcement. So I certainly support uh, the um, uh, the the proposal that many. Democratic nominees, or not nominees, but candidates have made to ramp up that oversight. Uh, but again, I don't think it really goes to the most fundamental pathologies in in the criminal justice system, which uh, include uh, over-criminalization and the uh, use, of course, of plea bargaining uh, to practically eliminate the uh, criminal jury trial, which has really been arguably the biggest disaster in our system and what has perhaps most facilitated uh, the... Um, the dynamic of mass incarceration
0: so to the extent that candidates are talking about clearing the decks when it comes to uh things that are technically criminal but should not be criminal is there a are there a lot of candidates who are uh taking
1: that up at all well unfortunately i think uh, kamala harris uh, sort of uh, epitomizes this uh this undertaking when she says that she plans to eliminate uh, the, the uh, federal prohibition of marijuana. Um, that's certainly a good idea. It's certainly something that, that a, a very significant majority of Americans supports. Uh, the federal government, frankly, has no business um, criminalizing the purely local uh, possession and distribution of marijuana. Um, but uh, the amount of federal enforcement um, in that area is is a drop in the bucket compared to the larger drug war. And so while it would certainly be all to the good uh, to completely eliminate federal enforcement uh, of federal marijuana laws, it wouldn't have um, a a really significant impact on mass incarceration. It would certainly change the lives of a handful of people uh, for the better, and and hopefully uh, people who are now uh, serving sentences for purely marijuana-related federal crimes uh, would be released. Uh, if that if that policy were applied retroactively, which it wouldn't have to be, and it might not be, but certainly justice would seem to uh, entail that it would. Uh, but again, uh, the um, amount of federal marijuana um, enforcement is a very small drop in the bucket, and so if that's really all you're proposing, um, it's it's a it's, uh, it's it's not going to have a significant impact on the overall. Uh, policy of mass incarceration that we have. Cory Booker has made an allusion to fighting to end the war on drugs, but unfortunately he hasn't really provided any concrete uh, proposals in terms of what exactly he would do. But to have a president that was serious about ending the drug war would be an extraordinary uh, boon to the country. Uh, And so hopefully other uh, candidates will be uh, inspired to take up that cause as well. Uh, Pete Buttigieg
0: and uh, Kamala Harris and and perhaps some others have uh, floated the idea of establishing some sort of uh, federal standard for uh, the use of force. What, What does that mean?
1: Well, um, the the one problem and one of the reasons why there are so many police-involved shootings is that there really is not a consistent standard about when a police officer may or may not use uh, lethal force, and to the extent there is a kind of a judicially created standard, it's extraordinarily forgiving uh, to police officers essentially if you credibly uh, assert that you were in fear. Uh, for your life, or for the life of uh, uh, of any bystander, then a police officer can use lethal force. Um, the among the many problems with that standard is the fact that when you are pointing a weapon at somebody, that's uh, one of the most provocative things that you can do to another human being. If you're pointing another weapon, if you're pointing a weapon at another person, uh, then by definition. Uh, your safety is at risk, and to say that you were uh, in fear while pointing your weapon at another person is a perfectly reasonable thing to say. So, in effect, police can simply create the ability to use lethal force against another person by pointing a weapon at that person, uh, and that will essentially give them a free pass uh, in court. That is hugely problematic, and one of the reasons why it would be helpful uh, to have uh, the kind of national standard on the use of lethal force that it appears some of these candidates are proposing, and it would be absolutely uh, essential that such a standard uh, eliminate this ability that police have to effectively sort of create their own uh, get out of liability free uh, card by simply pointing a weapon at another person and then saying, "Oh, and while I was because I was pointing a weapon at this person, I was in fear for my life." That just uh, that kind of circularity uh, has been an absolute disaster in this area. You mentioned
0: coercive plea bargaining. Um, Very briefly detail what that is and talk about the extent to which any of these candidates have begun talking about it.
1: Well, coercive plea bargaining is what happens when prosecutors apply uh, a wide variety of levers that they have uh, to a criminal defendant in an effort to get that person to plead guilty. Uh, more than 95% of all criminal convictions today are obtained through plea bargain. In the federal system, it's more than 97%, and that simply wouldn't happen without a great deal of coercion, which, is, uh, which has become standard uh, procedure now. So, and this includes things like threatening people with mandatory minimums, uh, locking them up while they're waiting for trial, so it's more difficult for them to work with their lawyer. Uh, even threatening friends and family members with criminal prosecution if uh, if the defendant doesn't accept a plea. So that's what course of plea bargaining entails, and it's really become sort of the lifeblood of American criminal justice. It's the way that most criminal charges are adjudicated today, uh, and it's it's really I think probably the primary engine driving mass incarceration. And it's completely antithetical to what the Constitution contemplates, which is a uh, public jury trial and uh, significant involvement by citizens, by ordinary citizens, in the administration of criminal justice. Uh, Elizabeth Warren actually has proposed. uh, scaling back course of plea bargaining. She doesn't really have any uh, specifics about how to go about that, um, but uh, just to even mention it uh, is, is a very important step. And again, we certainly hope that other candidates uh, uh, pick up that, uh, that proposal as well. Um, Elizabeth Warren has mentioned things like uh, open file discovery, uh, which is where uh, prosecutors have to share uh, with defense counsel uh, potentially useful or helpful information, and really any information Uh, in their file, including uh, investigative reports and so forth. And she's also mentioned the possibility of an independent prosecutorial integrity unit at the federal level, uh, which would be also very helpful. It's unclear exactly what that would entail, but it might well uh, be something along the lines of what some cities and states have, which is uh, a group of prosecutors that go back and look at uh, convictions that have already been obtained uh, to see whether or not they may have been problematic and whether the person was in fact guilty. Uh, Those are sometimes referred to as conviction integrity units. uh, We don't have anything like that at the federal level, and we should.
0: I note that uh, these people are running for president and not governor. And, of course, the the federal government does relatively little of the incarcerating that uh, is done in the United States that makes the United States such a a massive uh, incarcerator. Um, So with respect to trying to lean on states... um, to get better policies, is there anything appropriately that a president can do?
1: Well, I do think that that states often look to the federal government in a in a somewhat informal way about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Um, they're certainly entitled to go their own way to a certain extent as long as they do so within constitutional bounds. Uh, but but simply uh, having the the uh, U.S. Department of Justice conduct itself um, in a uh, you know a, a more constitutionally respectful way and, and um, uh, for example, uh, dialing back on course of plea bargaining, I think there's a very good chance that that would uh, eventually kind of uh, leach down uh, to the uh, state and local levels because they do, I think, prosecutors at those levels do tend to sort of look... To uh, uh, the federal government and to the Department of Justice for, uh, for what's appropriate and what's not, and then of course uh, this is somewhat more uh, contentious or debatable. Uh, but there are all kinds of uh, opportunities for the federal government to uh, tie funding uh, to various uh, reforms and and uh, uh, changes in, in in policy at the the state and local level. Um, the, that, that ability to tie funding to policy has certainly been abused in the past, uh, but if there are one area in which uh, uh, even a libertarian might wish to see the federal government uh, exercise the power of the purse to uh, prompt uh, changes in policy, I would think it would be criminal justice reform and specifically trying to ameliorate mass incarceration. Clark Neely is Vice President for Criminal Justice at the Cato
0: Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us and suggest show topics on Twitter at Cato Podcast.